0: Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst, and if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. All right. Well, welcome to the Bridgeway Podcast. We have with us again here our pastor of evangelism and mission, Andy Edwards. How are you today, Andy?
1: I am doing well. Yeah? Actually, family and I just got back from Florida. We did some um, global mobilization training and... Got to spend a little time on the beach, There which you go. pretty awesome with a 10-month-old, two-year-old, and four-year-old. Oh, my goodness. They love the sand.
0: Do they? Yes. Even your 10-month-old?
1: He, yeah, well, I mean, yes, he loved the sand, <laughs> but, man, cleaning them up oh, four the times worst. a day afterwards. I don't
0: even, like, rough. that's why I don't go to the beach is because <laughs> of the cleanup afterwards. Like, I'll find sand in my luggage for the next two or three years. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: Oh, there's some sand right there in my ear.
0: Oh, get that out. Got it, done.
1: I also have a little frog in the throat today, so I might be... Clearing my throat a bit. That's
0: fine. Yeah, those are the first words out of your mouth when you came in the podcast studio today. Where I have a frog in my throat. It's fine. We, we keep it real here on the Bridgeway Podcast. You know, not overproduced. So, I'm, I'm really, I am excited to have you on again because if you if you go through and, and look at um, which episodes that we have on the Bridgeway Podcast that have been listened to the most. Um, now, if you take away two of the big heavy hitters from Sam. Of course. The third most listened to is actually yours, which uh, is on the... Um, how to, share, how to share the gospel, which I think is really cool. That's I, awesome. And, and That's fun. Yeah, and I, I don't know why, why I was surprised by that, but um, why do you think that resonates with people so much? Um,
1: Man, I, th- I think because uh, there, there is a growing emphasis at Bridgeway to talk about what it looks like to share the gospel, to see the gospel move beyond um, ourselves uh, to the nations, and... Um, you know, we talk about mission exists because worship doesn't, and mm-hmm. I think it's starting to resonate, and ultimately I think people are um, all starting to gather going, I, I've lived kind of comfortable, I've lived in my own box, even in my house, in my neighborhood, where, mm. so what does it look like for me to actually engage with people about what's what God has really done in my life and what He could do in theirs.
0: Yeah, and so today we're going to try to talk about another way to do that, and it's um, through the vehicle of our own story. All of us have a story. Some of us um, think our story is pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> others of us think our story is pretty awesome. Uh, some of us haven't even thought through what our story is. Yeah. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk today about um, w- like how to share the gospel story through your personal story. And so my first question is, do we have biblical basis doing this is there is there some something in the Bible that is compelling us to do this or is it just because well you know in, in our postmodern culture people love sharing stories and authenticity is just the great stamp of truth and as long as it as long as it feels right to you and has a compelling narrative we'll all agree with it or do we actually have biblical basis for this
1: yeah I mean I think biblical basis John 9 even if you're talking about the the blind man um, you know his his final answer to the Pharisees, and I mean, they were grilling him. Yeah, they were. It's like, well, they come brought on in like people. external witnesses. And- oh my goodness, we we're gonna ruin this man. <laughs> and he finally was like, guys, I was blind, mm. and now I can see, and it's because of this man Jesus, right. What else do you want me to do with that? <laughs> and then they're gonna, they try to rip it apart and whatever. And he's like, "That's that's my story." And then right after that, Jesus comes to him and it says he believes and worships him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. So I think our story matters. Um, that's a small example of uh, God doing a miracle in someone's life and and wanting to tell people wanting to tell about it. Uh, also, Acts twenty two and Acts twenty six, uh, Paul. I mean, yeah. the man decides you know what, this is how I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to tell about how I grew up. You're right. I'm going to tell about what happened. I'm going to tell about the the thing, the bad things I was involved with. I'm going to tell about uh, how I was actually against Jesus, and then he radically came and changed my life. And now Paul shifts, and as an ambassador is like, I am going to share the gospel with you.
0: Yeah, it's true, because as you read Acts, you see, you see Paul at least twice—
1: I think three times. Three times, but sharing his 22 story. Twenty two and twenty six are these yep. like contextual, and he he shares it differently. It is each different, time, which a, is important to right. know.
0: And then, but we also see it also in his epistles that um, whenever he wants to talk about uh, his credentials as an apostle or his conversion experience, he talks about he goes back through his story and and kind of walks through it. So we can't write off wholesale. Um, what like people's stories? They have validity and they bring truth, and they um, can form some kind of foundation. At least have a, a conversation.
1: Yeah, and I think I want people to hear that um, as you're sharing the gospel with someone, they can't take away what Jesus has done in you. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to make sure we highlight that, and at the same time, because we do live in such a experiential, subjective world now, right. uh, relativism is craziness, mm-hmm. right? So I also want them to know that as you're sharing your story, there better be an objective, factual gospel truth within the story. Yeah. So this is who Jesus is. Right. This is what he did. I mean, Paul, in both times, he's talking about forgiveness of sin. He's talking about moving from darkness into light. So there has to be objective truth, which sometimes I think we just are like, let's give the experiential story. Right. Man, Jesus changed my life. Yeah. Right. And then what's the answer? Some people are going to say, I want to know more. And Mm -hmm. then you can do it. Other people are going to be like, great for you. That's not for me. Right. Oh, well, well, no, it's not just my experience. It's actually truth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Well, we we need to make sure we're telling truth. And that's why even on our last podcast, we were like, what is the objective truth of the gospel that we're trying to share through the three circles or the two words? That's right. Yeah. People have
0: to know that what Jesus did for us in historical time, in physical reality, we have to go back to that gospel story, the historical gospel moment.
1: Yeah, um, and in and in Acts 26, Paul is actually doing some apologetics up mm, front by asking good questions. Right. Uh, and what's apologetics? In my mind, it is pre-evangelism, mm-hmm. which—what's what, pre-evangelism? <laughs> it's just having a relationship with people, asking right. questions. But what it can do is remove some of these big hurdles yes. out of the way— so that the objective truth, experiential gospel, can come into somebody's life.
0: Yeah, I want to. I want to circle back with what you said about how no one can take away your story, or what? What? How'd you word that?
1: Yeah. So what Jesus has done in you, uh-huh. they can again. They can tell you like, I don't believe in this Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but but you can uh, counter that with, I was lost. Right. I was broken. I was hopeless. But the God of the universe, through Jesus, rescued me, and I have a life of hope now. It's not perfect; it's it's still a struggle, but there's hope. And so, uh, an unbeliever can't take your hope away, but you can continue to share it. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah,
0: it does. Uh, yeah, it does. Because uh, uh, especially in conversations with with unbelievers, there's so many things that they can just write off. You know, because they're just like, well, despite all the evidence you're showing me. I don't buy it right. or that's good for you not for me whatever the one thing they can't take away is what you're saying is is your your objective experience with Jesus they can't take that away now you yes. might you might not be able to transplant that to them and make it theirs right. but they can't take it away that it happened to you is that right
1: yeah and they can't take what what most unbelievers are going to see in in people who are following Christ is a joy mm. that's unexplainable right Well, so where do you get that? Well, it's from Jesus. It's because we've been redeemed. He's rescuing us. He is uh, sanctifying us, making us look more like him. So we're finding joy in Jesus, and they can't remove that. Even if they're saying, yeah, that's your thing. But most people want the joy that we're talking about being found in Jesus. Yes, that's right. So what a great place to start of hopelessness or joylessness or... like. That's a great opening, okay, maybe not opening question, <laughs> but it's a question within a story that's like, man, do you feel hopeless in your life? Do you feel purpose? Do you feel drive? Mm-hmm. And it, you'll hit a lot of people that are like, I've got nothing.
0: Yeah. Um, so I know for a lot of people that when I, because I grew up, I grew up Baptist. And so um, testimonies, sharing your testimony was a big thing. It was like, and that was like a mark of being like an awesome uh, youth student too, is like when you were at a, a retreat or something, yeah. you would get up and bravely go share your testimony and you would share your story and everything yeah. like that. Um, but I never really wanted to uh, because I had a pretty lame story, I thought, you okay. know, it, because it's like I grew up in the church and my dad, you know, taught me these things and <laughs> now here I am. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Ta-da. And it's like, I don't have a story. It's like, you know, Jimmy over there used to do drugs and he got freed from drugs. And, you know, Sally, you know, lost her virginity and felt like all this shame. And then Jesus came and, and kind of like gave her, you know, her, yeah. her self image back and her purity back. And oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I'm like, I um, used to play video games, and I still do, but now I've been baptized,
1: and, and so, I, it, my,
0: so like, what 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 would you say to people whose story feels lame?
1: Well, that that is the question that I always get, especially from kids who might have come into relationship with Jesus at seven, eight, nine, ten right. years old. <clears throat> I continue to go back to Paul's language of whether you knew it or felt it or experienced it uh, in the way that Jimmy did, or or Paula did, or whatever. You were separated mm-hmm. in darkness, and at some point, you came alive because of Jesus. Now you're like, well, wait, how? Right. Like, what? What was the process? Well, for most, I mean, if we're talking about Baptist or whatever, I would say for most kids that do, there's some point in their life at eight years old where they were like, I know I'm a sinner, mm-hmm. and I know Jesus died for me. And so I, I, I want him. I want a relationship with him. Right. And I want to make that story huge. Yeah. Because no one story is better than another. Mm. Um, now again, you can say, well, but that one over there is really compelling. And right. I mean, that guy was sure in sounds the like pit. that story is better. <laughs> yeah. But a go- according to the gospel, it's not. Right. Because you are redeemed. Mm. You were rescued. You moved from dark to light. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the problem that a lot of people feel with that, sharing that kind of a story, it feels like you're, you're moving from sharing something visible to sharing something invisible. So I could point to, I had a drug addiction and now I don't. Right. Right. Um, this thing was broken and now it's fixed and you could go look at it. Like you could literally, you, if you knew me 10 years ago, you would have seen this kind of life. Now look at me, look at this kind of life. Things are totally different, but it's like, if I was this goody-two-shoe Christian, you know, culture <laughs> raised up, and then this invisible thing happened, yes, I was alienated from God, I was outside the commonwealth of Israel, I was I was an enemy of God, my heart was against him, actually, even though I put on a face and all right, these right, things, right. and now I'm changed, it doesn't. It, it kind of moves from visible to invisible, it feels like.
1: Yeah, so I'd say two things. Uh, one, I would say even as we're talking with families at Bridgeway, And you know, it's because you help with testimonies. You get to Mm -hmm. see these. We are really trying to ask parents as they're talking to their kids, what is changing? Like when I'm doing what we would call baptism interviews, which is kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) um, But I'm asking the kids and I'm asking the parents. I'm like, have you seen some things that have shifted? Have you seen a greater desire to know the Lord? Mm. You know, have you seen? Because if you're seven, eight years old, you're disobedient. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Whether you love video games or not. We don't listen to our parents. And even just saying like, by coming into a relationship with Jesus, as a kid, I started to, and I, we, we more have to hear it from parents right now. Mm-hmm. But even being able, so that my first would be, there probably actually was some change. Now again, right. it wasn't from the pit yep. into like this rescued, you're on the rock now. But the second thing I would say is, if if that is your story, I think you can really focus on parts two and three of your story of maybe that moment when you trusted Jesus, but then what has your, like, what's it like to walk with Jesus? Because I think mm-hmm. people, when you're telling that, people need to know that. Yeah. People need to hear that. So yeah. I don't know if that's encouraging or discouraging or what. Yeah. But it, it's still real. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's,
0: uh, <laughs> I kind of think of Paul You know, Paul kind of has two versions of his testimony that he gives. He has like the pit to rock one where he's like, I was a murderer of Christians (laughs) and now I am a a maker of Christians. And like, that's his like pit to rock. Then he has the other one where he's like the goody two-shoe one. And he's like, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And man, I had it all together. And in terms of the law, I was blameless. I was perfect. But I didn't know Jesus, and now I know Jesus, and here's why that's so great. And so he does kind of have two versions of his testimony Man, there.
1: That's a great. I've never thought about that. Mm. Like you just basically answered your own question. Yeah, like I like Paul, doing that. No. Whether, whether whether he was eight years old or whatever, he had a religious upbringing. That's right. But was separated from the God of the universe. Right, which and is a ton of us. Yes. Even, especially and in he Bible thought Bible. and he
0: didn't think he was separated from the god of the universe but no. he was and and like we use this and Paul uses this language that we were enemies of god and he he not only was his heart hardened towards god he was actually god's physical enemy killing christians that god was creating I feel I feel good about moving forward from this. So let's let's get practical. Let's let's kind of say how then shall we share our story? What's a is there a formula? Is there a good way and a bad way when you're when you're training people how to share their story? What, what do you do?
1: Uh, I would say there's a really simple way, which which I want to talk about. I, it can't be just this can't be it. It's not just before right. Jesus you met Jesus after Jesus. Right. Because really, what's oh, after? Like you're in a relationship <laughs> with Jesus, right? So there's going to be more, but it's a great starting point. So maybe if you're if you're listening today and you're like, man, I've never actually told my story to somebody else, mm. which I was shocked the the number of people that have said, uh, no, yeah. I, I've never shared what God has done and how he saved me, rescued me with mm-hmm. another person. And so if that's you today, or if you're just like, this is newer for me, um, the the best thing to do is take a pen and paper and actually get these thoughts down on paper.
0: Yeah, just write them down. Uh, yeah, I'll stop right there too and, and interject this, what I've noticed in our community group. Like whenever we have new people in our community group, we'll often, we, we'll do it all over again and we'll have everybody share their story again. And what I notice is not so much these crazy, dark to light, oh my gosh, everything was terrible, but you see these like amazing providential links through people's Mm. lives where it's like, how on earth did you get from where you were to where you are? Not that you were in such a terrible place, but like out of that family and through those circumstances and because of those people and at that church (laughs) and all those (laughs) things. And people, when they tell their story, it's not so much that they are flabbergasted at the fact that they were drug addicts and now they're sober. They're completely amazed at the fact that God has been with them through every step of the way. And hearing that faithfulness of God on the lips of person after person after person in a community group setting, I think the feeling we feel after all those stories are shared is, man, God's been pursuing us. Yes. So anyway, I I I think that's cool.
1: Well, and it's a huge overarching like biblical theme of like what's God's story of you know rescue and redemption of His right. people, and then what's our role after that. I think uh, I think we could try to simplify like what the story is that God has done in our life, but I think it always has to fit into how God is moving, yeah, and and how He's been sovereign. Because I've heard some of those same stories where you're like, "There's no way you should be here," yeah, with with, with what you were taught or with where you lived, how how did you end up here, and the sovereignty of God. And we mm. can't forget that, too. God draws. Right. God saves. I mean, if, if he's the initiator, the sustainer, and the completer of our faith. That's right. So remembering that, even as we're telling stories. But the person you're telling your story to, that, that in that moment, that might be what God is using to woo them into the and bring them into the mm-hmm. kingdom. So I, I want to keep it clear. Okay, so... Uh, what was your life like before you began to follow Jesus would be question number one. Okay. Um, here's mine. All uh, right. I'm going to give it briefly. I was raised Catholic, uh, so I, very just religious. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, I was an acolyte because then we shifted to an Episcopal church, so I carried the candles and the flag Ooh. and the cross and, I mean, wore the white robes. It was awesome. Yeah. It was a great thing for a sixth grader. Yeah. Like, it sounds oh, yeah, fun. It's great. And so I always thought like, yeah, there is a God and sure. this is how I'm serving him. Um, then got shifted into a, a new high school and some guy invited me to a retreat. Oh, mm. What's a retreat?
0: Yeah, those are dangerous. Ooh, it
1: must be a Baptist thing. <laughs> oh, and it was it was so I went from Catholic to Episcopalian to a Baptist retreat, and they said you could have a relationship with Jesus. Watch out. And I said, mm, I, I might have that. I was confirmed. I got right. the bishop put some oil on my forehead. <laughs>
0: is that the same thing as a relationship? What, what else is going on here?
1: Yeah. Uh, so there, there really wasn't a yeah. relationship with mm. Jesus. And then I heard the gospel and and heard that actually Jesus loves me, uh, cares for me, wants to rescue me, has a plan for me. And what's crazy is I still locked into religion. Mm. I was like, okay, man, this is great. God is good. He's real. He wants relationships. So I'm going to now be at church. All the time. So every time the doors open, I was a leader in my youth ministry. I uh, went to college. or got baptized multiple times because I didn't want to go to hell. Oh, yeah. Because, you know. That's I, what does it. I don't want to be separated from yeah. God. So do something, um, which <clears throat> I tried. Went to college, was a leader on my college campus, and mm. just started having a lot of doubt. Like, mm. what is this? And I was preaching the gospel to people. Right. Um, got out of college after a lot of doubt through college and went into ministry because, you know, what? What what it better place for me, a
0: doubting for a doubting Christian who yeah. struggles with legalism than ministry?
1: It reminds me a little bit of Paul on the side of like I was I was doing the religious stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Right? So I was sharing the gospel and and then I was preaching at a um, revival mm. in Texas, and uh, I remember. <laughs> I remember it was the first two nights I would preach the gospel to people and none of these students, like there was just zero response. They yeah. were like, we don't care. <laughs> and the next morning I was driving uh, to, and there was some uh, there was some stuff going on in my life um, that I needed to deal with. and So I was driving over to this person's house, uh, basically across the state of Oklahoma, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me Romans 3.23. Hmm. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I was like, the first time in my life, I realized that my deeds weren't good enough. Yeah. So 22 years old mm. had been through church church, 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 ministry mm-hmm. was in ministry, was interning in a church, and realized that I was separated from God. Mm. I was hopeless. I, I was striving. I mean I wanted I felt like I wanted to know God. But I, I I, just kept this doubt and doubt that, that that God really loved me and that God really cared. And then driving in my car, I remember saying, Lord, I I can't believe, it's crazy to think that I have been separated from you for this long. Like basically, well, my whole life yeah. to that point. And I just said, Jesus, would you forgive me? Uh, uh, Jesus, I repent. And would you come live inside of me? And it was crazy. You're like, Wait, are, so are you having a conversation with Jesus? <laughs> this is all like happening kinda in my mind. Yeah. Of like, I hear this scripture, I know this is real. And I'm like, I, I'm give, I give I give up. Mm. Here here's here's my life. And my life has never been the same. Yeah. Now you could say, What do you mean never been the same? Well, I wanna pause. Okay. Cause what I just did was take you two steps in. First step is what was my life like before Jesus? Man, I was striving. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to uh, find my own worth and acceptance and value in in the world and people and friendships and um, and my value was in being the good kid. Mm. I mean, I, I watched an older sister not be the good kid. Right. So it was like, don't want to go that way. And then it was just it's it's just crazy to think that God was drawing me this whole time, mm. and then in this moment. And sometimes salvation is a moment. And I think sometimes there's a. A really long process that's right. happening. But for me, there was this moment of I, I felt like the Lord moved me from darkness and my own striving yeah. to light. And even Jesus saying, like, Look, you can't get to me. Mm. You can't jump the chasm. Yep. Like it's too big. Right. Well, no, I'm going to, I want to try to climb <laughs> yeah. the ladder. And I did. I felt like for years I was trying to climb the ladder. And then, man, the freedom mm. that comes knowing that Jesus took that striving on himself, he, he, He took all of my sin and shame and all the hiddenness that I had. Because I can say, like, I was the good kid. Right. But what was happening in my heart and what kind of sin stuff was hidden and Mm -hmm. all sorts, right? Yeah. And so the freedom of, like, knowing actually Jesus loves me and just rescued me. Mm -hmm. I went back to the revival that night, and I was like, what do I do? (laughs) I, I really just became a believer. Right. And so I just said, Hey guys, I got a story to tell you. There's this guy I know. <laughs> so I tell my story. And at the end, I said, That's me. And out of like the 16 teenagers that are there, like 14 of them are like, Oh my gosh. I want a relationship with Jesus that's wow. real and intimate. And I was like, Yes. Mm. So it was weird too. It was like, No power. Yeah. And then when the Holy Spirit came into me because of repentance and, yeah. and forgiveness of sin, there was power in, yeah. in the gospel for others, even.
0: That's really cool because. Um, apologetically speaking about you know we're we're talking about should we share our stories and how to share our stories and what what that story does is it does it it proves two things one it 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 examples for us the power of sharing a story because yeah. what i love about your story there is it wasn't a a drug addiction to You know, sober kind of story. It was these invisible, hidden ladders that you were trying to climb, and we all know that feeling. We all know what what it's like to try to fit in and try to earn some kind of credibility and try to please either a parent figure or a religious figure, and you lived that, and then instantly you were freed from it because of the gospel. And so, like that, there's power in that story. And then, what's cool is in your story, we also hear there's power in sharing your story because it went from here's the gospel completely separated from me and no one responds and then here's the gospel story embedded overlaid on my story and 14 out of 16 respond it's like there's power whenever we share the gospel story overlaid with our story
1: uh yes and that's where i mean a, a scripture we talked about a little bit earlier not on the podcast but off offline offline
0: off air i mean I think it's
1: second uh, corinthians Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. What? God making His, his appeal. appeal through mm-hmm. us.. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do we do? We implore others on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And that happened that night.. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, this is real. Like the, it's not this striving. And I did have that like a, a, a portion of a father figure that was this driver. Mm. So you live in shame because uh, uh, maybe a, a B plus wasn't enough, right. Or, so all of that stuff was driving me to succeed. And then I kept failing. Mm-hmm. And so just to know that the Lord is there and good. So you, the the first question we want to ask is, what was your life like before Christ? So for me, it was a lot of striving, a lot of emptiness, mm-hmm. uh, never feeling like there was good purpose, and then never feeling like value. Yeah. Um and then the second one is why and how you came to follow Jesus. So for me, that was it. It was this m- moment for me right. driving. I mean, a lot of people laugh at that. Like, so do you have to pull over so you could close your eyes? <laughs> no, God's pretty powerful. And he's, he, we're in this like relationship that He, it's, it's constant. You have to close your eyes, whatever. So I just remember that moment of saying, I can't do this. I can't make it. Mm-hmm. I can't climb the ladder. And, and, and knowing that, that he moved in. Like the whole he spent, sent his Holy Spirit to move inside of me. And then the next like week, you think there was doubt? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because I was like, Well, maybe I already kind of knew him and whatever. <laughs> and then he gave me specific scriptures, Ezekiel thirty-six and John five, that are like, I- I've I've removed your heart of stone and mm. I've replaced it with the heart of flesh. And he's yeah. like, This happened.
0: That's amazing.
1: And so it confirmed it. And then coming to Bridgeway, talk about the I was always taught that the gospel was the doorway right like okay I'm saved now I'm gonna work hard and right the bridgeway cuz even after that moment for me mm-hmm. there was I was still st- was striving right I still today struggle with striving to get to a point where God will be pleased with me and I have to then confess and be like oh he is pleased with me <sighs> because he's pleased with Jesus yeah. who did this for me Um so Bridgeway has been huge in shifting that the gospel isn't the doorway, but it's all of life. Right. It's not just I've entered in, now work hard. It's mm-hmm. I've entered in, keep trusting. Yeah. <laughs> keep falling on the grace of Jesus because it's all we have. And so we, we move from the moment like when and how did you realize it to the third question is what in your life, what's your life like now? Mm-hmm. What's God been doing? And so that would be mine is, Just continuing to grow, continuing to see my mind expanding when it comes to the gifts. Mm, And, oh, God heals. None of my (laughs) churches before believed that. And then I've seen people healed. And so intimacy and growth with Jesus is kind of that final piece for me. So Mm. my story is going to go from this was my life uh, as a kid growing up to this was the moment that Jesus did something and, and saved me and then this is what it's been like to walk with him and to understand him more and to grow in and my knowledge of him and and I wanna make his name famous to the nations and what does that mean? Yeah. Like keep telling your story, but really keep telling his story and then mm-hmm. say how his story has radically changed your life. Right.
0: I love that. And for you it's it's I was striving Jesus Jesus came to me and told me I no longer have to strive. And yeah. now it's now what's after what's different afterwards, it's continually trying not to strive but trust right. <laughs> and letting my life be changed by that trust.
1: So I, I'm gonna flip it then, okay? Because we I know we've talked a little bit about. Oh, this is gonna make it a little crazy. I'm gonna ask you. So was, for you, was there a moment? Was there a, did your story look anything like that? Oh man. How, uh, how do you wrap your story up in three minutes? Oh gosh.
0: So so you know I think mine is more of the journey one. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of had this. I had I did have an experience. I I really did. Um, but man, each. Each, and I don't know, this might just be the process of sanctification where it's like when Jesus, whenever uh, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3 that we'll be transformed from one degree of glory to another. It's like, who knows how how significant those jumps from one degree to the next <laughs> right. feel. But like There's been multiple times where it's felt like a new conversion, you know, because you're kind of busting up into this new level of intimacy with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> but for me, man, I don't know, I might i might backpedal and say it was a moment actually now um so yeah i was raised i was raised as a, i was raised as a christian my my dad was a baptist youth minister okay. so i was raised in the church um and uh and then we kind of hopped around a bunch of churches by the time i was in middle school we, we were in our third church and um and then we left that church and my dad left full-time ministry and we went to our fourth church and so my dad went into like sales, and I it was the first time that I was in a youth group uh, and in, in a church that my dad wasn't on staff. And um, before long, uh, in that environment, um, my dad and my mom got divorced. And um, you know, we, we blamed my dad for everything. And uh, I remember confronting him, talking about, mm-hmm. like, hey, dad, you know, the Bible says don't get a divorce. Why are you doing this? Because uh, you taught us that we are supposed to obey the Bible. And, um, you know, he basically was like, no, I, you know, for me, I just, I'm not happy and I can't, I can't thrive in this. So I think it's God's will that I get a divorce. And I was like, whoa, then I don't want anything to do with that God, yeah. you know? And so for the next, that was in eighth grade. And so for the next year and a half or so, I, um, I just kind of did what an eighth and ninth grader would do if he wanted to rebel you know i picked yeah. up skateboarding and found the found the drug dealers in my school but never knew how to do drugs so i just kind of <laughs> hung out with them and so uh i wasn't a very good i wasn't very good at rebelling but i tried my best yeah yeah, yeah. and um and so i was you know I, I i would sneak out of youth group and go make out with my girlfriend uh, you know outside the church building and stuff like that. that that I i was not i was i would go to church just so my mom wouldn't cry Okay. basically was was that and um and so it was summer after freshman year i think and uh i my youth minister came up to me and told me that there was uh someone had paid my way to go to a retreat oh my these goodness. these retreats man um, and it was in Colorado and I was like, oh man, a free week in Colorado in the Rockies climbing mountains. Like that sounds awesome. Like away from my, away from my mom, you know, like all this kind of stuff. I, I was like, oh, that sounds great. I'll, I'll do that. And so the, um, one of the, one of the, the pot dealers at our school drove me to the charter bus to get on with the rest <laughs> of the church to, to go to Colorado. And I'll never forget. He told me, um, don't let those Christians change you too much when he dropped me off. Mm. And I was like, nah, no, totally dude. They, they won't, I'm just going to, you know, hang out in the oh, mountains. Yeah. And so I get on the bus and we go and um, man, God just met me in worship and changed my heart. And I, I like there was this, it was really funny. So I, I, grew up really poor, especially after my dad left, we were a sing, you know, single family, yeah. kind of single mom, everything like that. Um, but uh, like, Becoming this skater image was this big thing for me, and so I uh, I was trying to buy all the skate clothes I could, and a lot of them were secondhand. But eventually, I got this sick, like th- thick, thick leather Nixon watch, and it was like the the epitome of skater. was like a hundred bucks, and I was like, "Man, I am totally a legit skater it. now. I made it." Yep. And I remember um, God spoke to me at this retreat and said, "Go put your watch." at the foot of this cross over here and like Uh no one was they didn't we weren't told to do that or you know put something nail something on the cross or anything like that so i just your bad cds yeah 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 your bad cds burn your bad cds or anything but i did so i just like took my watch off and just laid it at the foot of the cross symbolically like saying like that's not my identity anymore you're my identity, and like everything changed. And the rest of that week, I was I was reading my Bible. I was listening I was I, I I listened to the one Christian CD I had, which was Audio Adrenaline's uh, "Lift," oh. which is a great album. Okay, and uh and just uh, so anyway, so we drive back on the charter bus, and my friend who dropped me off picks me up, and I, the second I walk off the bus, he looks at me and he goes, "Oh no, they got to you." I hadn't said <laughs> anything to him yet, and uh, and so um, from then on out. I, I was just uh, obsessed with um, the scriptures, like just really wanted to know my Bible, I think because my dad was like, no, you know, God God told me that was that it's his will that I get a divorce and, you know, it's okay that the Bible says something different. And I was like, whoa, I need to figure this out. And um, and so I ended up like would, would go to local Christian bookstores and my mom would drop me off and I would wait till they closed and I would be in, in there with interlinear translations and commentaries and I was just soaking it all up. And uh, and then I went and got my Bible degree, and now I'm a Bible nerd, professional Bible Bible nerd. And so, Dude,
1: that's my story. That so, and I know within that there's going to be uh, even after that there's going to be moments of right ups and downs and yeah. whatever. But I mean, what I just like pulled out just if I'm just listening, I heard you were in brokenness. Yep. Anger. Yep. Rebellion. Yes. And then you, you met Jesus. <laughs> came and changed you. Yeah, it's true. Like, That story needs to be told Mm. in context of the story of what Jesus, what he's done for you, how he saved you, how how he's the the one that was even, how crazy to think that there were some things that happened pre your conversion to Jesus that weren't good things, right? Mm -hmm. But the sovereignty of God probably, sovereignty of God allowed them there, put them there. That would drive you even into a relationship with jesus right and then again someone asked you to go to a camp right yep so uh, ah yeah.
0: that's awesome that's cool because before the podcast aired me and andy were talking about the fact that we just that i was like i don't really when i when i when i'm telling the gospel to people i don't share my story I, you know i do it any other way other than telling my story and uh yeah, yeah. I, I do like telling it that was I think, I, well, and yeah. it was engaging okay
1: it was fun so hopefully if you're listening like that wasn't, that was it's not hard.
0: No, I, and I'm not, I don't usually do that. So that's not like a polished narrative that I'm used no, to telling. No,
1: like David literally told me before, like I, I don't, this one, two, three step process <laughs> you do. He's like, never, I've never done that. And I'm like, great, let's just talk through it. Because I think there, I don't think this is the only way. Yeah. I think this is a way to share your story. And I think you need to be able to share your story in an elevator if mm. you have to, which you're like, whoa. Right. How do you do that? Well, I lived in brokenness. Jesus rescued me from my brokenness, and my life has been not perfect, but there's hope now. Right. So a, a smaller version to a coffee version of five uh-huh. minutes, and then people are going to ask questions. Right. And I, I mean, I've got a hundred questions for you about mm-hmm. your story that I'm not going to ask now, but if I'm an unbeliever, I want to know more. Right. Because, I same with Paul. People can argue the scriptures all day. Like, okay, but. You know, what, when were they written, and right. there, there, how many copies? And Paul went from darkness yep. to light. Mm. And if we remember that that Paul's story is our story, that, that that Jesus has done this to us, people are looking. Especially people who God are, if God is drawing somebody, yeah. they're going to be drawn into your story.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And I love when you, when you mention Paul and you, you talk about. Got you know, there's one thing that people can't take away from you, and it's your story. What what Jesus has done for you. Like I love how Paul's story still today befuddles atheistic historians. It does. They're like, we can't explain. We can't. We don't. We don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, but something happened to Paul on the road to Damascus. That's a, it's a historical fact that we have to deal with. Even people who don't believe in the in the divine, it's like because something so radically changed this man. Yeah. They 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 can't take his story away. I think that's so cool.
1: It, it's amazing. I listen to this. Uh, I listen to this app called Streetlights. Again, oh yeah, Streetlights is amazing. It. It, if you haven't got it, it's yeah. just it, it's gonna be. You're gonna be hearing the the Bible read to you, but it's got some good beats behind yeah, it's it. It's the stuff. guys from Humble Beast, They're amazing. Yes, and I'm just listening to Colossians because that's where Sam's preaching, uh-huh. and so every day I'm listening to, it and I'm just like Paul was radically yeah. changed, and and what I'm listening to is Paul. Writing about how he was radically changed and encouraging the people, at, is it Colossi? Is yeah, that Colossi. and yeah. uh, en- Encouraging them who he had never met. Mm. Like, uh, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Okay. I we, know. I know. You and I, we could do this. We for could, but hours. I, I've got
0: to ask you at least two questions. Okay. Um. So the first one is is a big one. Okay. And it's it's this idea that. A lot of people have stories now and, and some of the most compelling stories in the religious space being told are deconversion stories. So this okay. is a huge thing right now. Um some of the top best selling quote unquote Christian books are these deconversion stories how i was a evangelical or you know they love the they love the placeholder term for that fundamentalist which uh, anyway i won't go into that well, and um and i've i've been freed from that and now i have so much more joy because i don't believe that the the whole bible is inerrant and i have so much more joy because i don't believe in hell and i have so much more joy because i think jesus saved everyone and everyone's going to heaven or or take it, there's even, so that's like one camp. Then you also have the others who are like, man, I was, I was, I was, I was raised in the church, and I was just sad, and then I stopped believing in God, and now I finally have purpose and peace in life. So people, everyone has a story. Yeah. And a lot of people's stories paint a picture um, of, from going from, you know, bad to better. (laughs) Right. And uh, so how, like, how can we say like no? Your story's you're lying to me. <laughs> like you're not happy. You you know you, there's, you don't have true joy. Like how, how do you take two subjective things and compare them? Like does that make sense? Like Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: and again, I think it, it it pushes us back a little bit to uh, this subjective versus objective. Uh, our story is subjective. Yeah. And our story brought. Transformation, life change, whatever, in, in in our hearts. But I think for us, it has to be going back to the objective gospel first. That's right. Yeah. So we can't if we ever move away, and all these people that are moving away mm-hmm. and finding more joy, um, I think it's just it's deception. Yeah. Um, and again, how do you tell? Them? I have friends mm-hmm. that I these conversations are so hard because I'm opening the Bible with them. They're like, no, that's not what I think it says anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. But but the objective truths of the gospel, we, we can't just take our Bibles today and say, I'm going to open to Matthew 12. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to interpret it exactly like I want. We've got to go back to the church fathers. Mm. Like, I th- I think, and again, this is for us. Right. Like, how do we continue to talk about it? How you tell someone that their subjective reality isn't real? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh this is where I think I'm, uh, I, I don't want to put the mystery of God box and open it up too big. Oh, sure. But it's where I want to drop it in and say, God, because you're sovereign and mm. you're the initiator of salvation, I want to have healthy conversations with these people. Right. But you act have to actually yes, transform do something. them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And no, I shift something. Yes. I,
0: I think you've answered the question really well. I think the, the way you ground a subjective story is an objective reality. Yeah. And the way we do that is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Yep, like that's time. the ultimate apologetic: is if Jesus is if Jesus's body is no longer in the ground, my story is true and yours is false. Yes, and there we go. So Always yes, go so, back to the resurrection. So yes, we have to go back to apologetics. We have to go back to the historical gospel moment. But we can do that through a story yes like we can tell our story that opens up the conversation now we're having dialogue and and by telling your story you might be now you're at least talking about the resurrection you would have never got there in the first place I or agree. if you just try to jump in with do you believe jesus was raised from the dead you know people would be like whoa back off bro <laughs> but because you started with your story you've opened you've opened it up
1: that's why i think apologetics is important i think sometimes people live in apologetics mm-hmm. it's like i'm gonna debate them in it's like nope never gonna happen right you're never debating someone into the kingdom God calls people in, but you can remove hurdles. And if the one thing that person needed to hear was that 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus Mm -hmm. and that does something, that's why apologetics is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then my last question is, um, is kind of what, what are some ways that you have begun conversations with people about your story? Because it kind of seems weird to be like, Hey, what's up, Kevin? Um, (laughs) I was once broken, (laughs) you know, it's like, cool, man, good for you. Like, what are, what are some ways that you've entered into that with people? Uh,
1: Okay. Always. Okay. I can't say that. I I would say 80, 90% of the time. Let's, let's say friend or stranger, coworker or neighbor. I want to try to put it all. You can't really put it all in one category, but it's always asking about their story first. Yes. Yeah whatever it is. Hey, I mean, I run into a guy at the mall and I'm having conversation because um, my kids are playing on the playground and his kids are playing on the playground and my wife hears that um, the kid's name is Ezra. Hey, that's my son's name. I know, pretty funny. (laughs) And this is a true story just a couple weeks ago. And my wife was like, Ezra, well, that's a biblical name. (laughs) And he was like, yes. And all from there, he was like, well, tell us a little bit more about that. And then went into, so we got to hear his whole story. Now, he, he ultimately is a believer now, mm. but we got to hear story. And so yeah. I think anytime you can ask questions, and so there's a book by Randy Newman called Question Evangelism. Mm. Just how do you ask people good questions? I mean, it's really crazy, too. Sometimes it's asking someone, how are you? Mm. Hi, what's yeah. going on in your life? Right. Like, where do you work? And whatever. Tell me about your life. Now, again, a stranger... How does that go that quickly? I, you ask questions. Yeah. Questions will always lead to their story, and I would say the majority of the time, someone shares their story. They will ask yours back. Tell yeah. me a little bit about you. Then, yeah.
0: Did you ever go through something like that? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. and uh, the uh, even being able to talk to people about things you've learned. Yep. Things where your uh things you have understood differently as you've gotten older, like all of that stuff. I think is helpful. Yep. Um, but it's asking questions. It's real. It is really awkward. And some people do it. They can walk up to someone. They can say, hey, how, how are you? Um, hey, I'm out here today, and I just wanted to share share my story with you. Right. And crazy, if God's working, th- there's some stuff happening there. Yeah. Um, is it awkward and weird sometimes? I think almost always starting conversations with strangers or even coworkers when you're asking for spiritual conversations are hard. Yeah. But I think we have to have, have the Holy Spirit. Yes. Give us boldness to do it. But I'm a I'm a question asker. Yeah.
0: I think it's a great strategy. I think, and it's, it comes from a really genuine place where it's like, and I love, I know you, you've taught me this, where it, like your waiter, you know, you have such little time with them, but be like, so are you from here? Yeah. It's such a good question. Yes. And then if they're like, oh no, blah, 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 you know, I just moved here or, oh yeah, I am. Well, do your family, does your family still live here or, oh, wh- where's your family now? Cause then it's, that's when you get into like, well, something happened and, Oh, there was this dispersion, and now yeah. I'm no longer talking to my fan. Oh has are you okay? Like, and now you're in. like that's a deep <laughs> conversation at that point. Yes. um like I know you have to run, but I'll write my number on the on the receipt with the tip and let's I'd love to make sure you're okay. like I mean, yeah, those all conversations of that, can happen.
1: Yes, if we would ask questions. and again, we talked about I think the very first podcast, it's like, do we see people around us? Yes, right? Does our waiter count? right? Oh, yeah. yes.. Mm-hmm. He or she is a human being that could be far from God, that might be in intimate relationship with Jesus, and it would just be this amazing, encouraging moment. Yeah. I mean, ask. I mean, get bold and ask your waiter or waitress if you can pray for them.
0: Right. Yep. It and, will open up something. Yes, and it's not, and most people aren't really offended by that. It's like, hey, man, we're, we were about to pray for our food. Uh, thanks for bringing us water. C- can we pray for you, anything? Like, it's it's really, and you might go, oh, no, I'm okay, or yeah, sure. You know, like, it, it's not that I saw, big a deal.
1: I saw Shane do it in Florida. We were all just uh, kind of at, at a small restaurant called Big bad breakfast. Oh, a good plug. It was amazing. <laughs> Grits and shrimp for breakfast every day. Oh, okay. That's, that's good stuff. But he said that exact same thing. Hey, yeah. we're getting ready to pray. Can we pray for you? And she goes, Hey, my son is just struggling. Yeah. And and so we we're like, what's his name? And so we just got to pray for. Him. Right. So fun. Yeah. Hey, let me remind you guys real quick. Um, hey, can we can we put something like, with the podcast? Yes. Can we link yep. a...
0: We can link whatever you want in the podcast. Okay, we're going
1: to give you a PDF that's going to walk you through how to share your story. Um, okay. Again, just because I think that'll be easier. I'll remind you of the three questions. What was your life like before you began to follow Jesus? Think through that. Write those thoughts down. Why and how you came to follow Jesus. So what was that? Mo- what what pushed you? Mm-hmm. What Something, like, happened. And then what is your life like now? How, where have you grown Uh, Maybe a testimony of healing or a testimony of resolved conflict or a testimony of uh, new fellowship with people that you're like, this is community. Mm -hmm. I did. Oh, these. I mean, I know someone's listening that the reason you're a believer is because you saw believers. Yep. And they were like, you saw, they love each other. Right. I want that. Mm -hmm. So there's your three questions. It's not a formula, but man. Share your story yeah. because you never know what God's doing in somebody else's heart
0: that's great well awesome we'll we'll link to that in the description of the podcast along with probably a few book links as well to equip people for those uh, for having these conversations and having question-based evangelism uh, and yeah Andy thank you so much for being on today this
1: has been really good. It's been really fun. Uh, Thanks for having me, and David, I love your story. Oh man, I love your story. Tell someone (laughs) else today. I love
0: it. Well, that's great. Well, we'll we'll just close. We'll close today's podcast by saying um, you are an ambassador of Christ. Go and tell the world. Be reconciled to God. Have a good day, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchOKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks
1: for listening and we will see you next week.